Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Binge Down TV. I'm Paul, and here with me today are Luke and Jimmy. Today we're talking about The Witcher, Season 2, Episode 5 and 6, titled Turn Your Back and Dear Friend. We will be recording a discussion about these two episodes, um, even though they will be released individually. But keep your eye out for Episode 6, because it will be right out right after this. Two great episodes. Excited to hear you guys' thoughts. Uh, first of all, Jimmy, welcome to The Witcher coverage. Um, I guess you can be considered the rookie for this coverage. Mm, definitely um, a rookie. Definitely brand clean new slate, uh, Witcher slate. Um, so what are your thoughts on episodes one through six so far? I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to your guys' podcast, but I'm sure that you guys said that with Wheel Time and The Witcher, we're just living the dream in the fantasy world right now. Definitely, definitely a rookie here. I read a little bit of The Witcher, so it was funny that I knew what was going on in episode one of season two because of that. Um, obviously, there's a couple changes from the book to the screen. But yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm going to need a little bit of help from you guys. Just it is a little confusing to me with some of the names. They're throwing a lot of a lot of stuff at us at once, but I'm really loving it so far. And I want to reemphasize again, uh, we may not on purpose be referencing things that happened in episode six because we are covering these two together, like Paul said. So I would avoid listening to this podcast until you have seen six. I don't know. Whatever's best. We might be slipping in a couple episodes, six spoilers here because it kind of flows together since we just binged them. I do want to say, though, I wasn't on last episode uh, when you guys covered three and four of the recording. I love those episodes. I wish I could retroactively go back and change my ratings for episode one and two to make more room for growth because I think three, four, five, and six have just been elevating this show so much. I'm thinking season two is already in my opinion, better than season one. Basically, my the pulse I have from social media and Reddit and all that stuff is that a lot of people are, are pretty in for season two. Like, mm -hmm. Of course, there's an insane amount of changes from the books to the point where I don't even think they should re be considered the same source material. Like they're, they're not the same source material. It's just this, the use of the world and some of right. the characters. Everything yeah. else is completely different. And we'll see how this season ends. But honestly, I'm liking the show take on this world and characters more than I liked the seven books that I read. And that can change as we go on if if writing gets sloppy. But there's just so much to love here. And the way that Netflix is doing it is just so visually appealing. And I like the character changes that they're making in the plot and what they're emphasizing in the plots with like all the monoliths and stuff like that and the, and the mm -hmm. conjunction of spheres. I just talked a lot there, but I I've just been raving about this in my head. I can't wait to freaking dive into five, six and watch seven, eight after this. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch seven and eight right after. <laughs> but to both of you guys, Luke and, and Paul, are you both fully caught up? Like you've read everything for The Witcher? There is one book called Season of Storms, I believe. Season um, of Swords? No, I'm, I'm, it's either Song of Storms or Season of Storms. Well, that's okay. that's a Storm of Swords is, is Game of Thrones. Okay. Book three. Yeah, which is uh, one of the best books ever written. Yeah, it's so such a great book. <laughs> th this book wasn't technically like in linear storyline. It was kind of, uh, I don't want to say not canon because it was canon, but it didn't really take place in the Geralt series storyline, I believe. It was a super okay. self-contained story. Basically, like you've read a couple of the, the prequel chapters. It was like that, except expanded to a book about him finding his swords. Something right. like that. Okay. So my question for you guys is, you know, talking to you about season one, it was pretty much told to me that it was like a prequel almost, you know, mm -hmm. like based on what the books have, have given us. 
to me, now that I know that, it feels like we're just, just, just scratching the surface and this, it could go like 10 seasons or something. Is that like fair? Like, is this really like, are you guys seeing it that way too with Siri? It just seems like everything is just very, very early on. I'll answer first and then Paul, you correct me because it seems like I think you're a little bit more in tune with the book knowledge than I am. I think that the way that things are moving is definitely fast. A lot of stuff is happening quickly, but I don't think it'll be eight seasons. I'm thinking closer to five would be the sweet spot for me. Maybe even four based on what I'm hearing about the ending reveal in episode eight, which won't talk about now, but we'll talk about that next podcast. Uh, There's still so much to happen and it depends how much they really want to adapt but I think we're already hitting stuff that are in book three or two or three. Mm-hmm. Like we've said the name of book two, which is time of contempt in episode five or six. They say right. that. So we're yep. pretty much already like hitting towards the end of that. So we're already kind of, you know, we're moving. We're definitely moving. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because like Luke said, they are dropping a lot of reveals that you don't get until, you know, later in the books at the same time, they're also just kind of making up, whatever they want you can't even like track it on the books Mm -hmm. because they're kind of doing their own thing so i could see it going you know five seasons i could see it going 10 um, if they just continue to make their own things if they were to just make a seasons about the books yeah i mean i could see it going for for six or something like that six or Mm -hmm. seven you know it is really its own animal at this point yeah I i fucking love it yeah, that that question was mainly in my head after watching episodes one and two, just because it seems so, so early in series journey. But they really have jumped a good amount in the last four or so episodes since mm-hmm. we haven't seen seven or eight, but up to uh, episode six. It really does seem like it has jumped. In saying that, I don't think we talked about it, but did you guys see that Witcher is getting another spinoff called Witcher Blood Origin? Mm-hmm. See the trailer? Mm-hmm. It was a teaser trailer. Yeah, it looked cool. Wait, is it Henry or is it animated? No, it's a prequel. It's it's a prequel. It's mm-hmm. about the I believe it's about the first Witchers. It's a very short teaser, but it was it was cool. Yeah, they actually have it at the end of episode eight. So that's why I knew you guys didn't see it yet. But that being said, they're making up their own stories and doing that over there. So I don't know how much effort they're going to put into that compared to this series i don't know if they're going to have multiple spin-offs of their own yeah hey, anything's I, on the table is what i mean i've heard a lot of rumors just with them saying witcherverse it could be a million things they could mm-hmm. have a million yeah. shows if they want it could be like the freaking walking dead universe where they're just like we're going to start making all these spin-off shows the walking dead universe stole lexa from the hundred so fuck yeah them. right <laughs> i know <laughs> all right so let's get into episode five we are going to uh, cover this episode in character buckets. And the first one we're going to start off with is Yen and Yaskier and a little bit of Rience. So just to get introduced to this new character, that is the opening scene of episode five. It is Rience in a dungeon. And this woman is coming down to talk to him. And this is obviously super shitty dungeon. You see like the rats running around and everything. Um, and Jimmy, I just want to, like, what was your reaction? I want to know your reaction to seeing this guy and who you thought he was initially. I thought it was just so cool. I knew it just was the snaps just over and over with mm-hmm. him just snapping in the background. And it's like the, the in the shadows and, and dark. And you could tell that this person was going to be somebody like badass and important. And before she even says it, you could tell that he's been sitting there in solitude for a long time. And he's just sitting there with the snap. It was just very, very cool to 
it with the visuals and just that hearing with the audio, the snapping in the background. I didn't really have too much of a theory of who he was going to be, but as soon as they show him, I'm like, all right, this guy's going to be a badass. Dude, I have been waiting for Rianz to pop up. He is not like a super complex character. Like he's pretty surface level. You get what you see. But this is almost the best version of what I imagined in my head for the book of the character so far. Pretty much spot on to like how he gets the burns and like mm-hmm. the way he acts and like his goals so far so good. I think Rience is just it's pretty fantastic. So when yeah. it comes to Rience, he is the firefucker. Okay. Like he's the guy who's using the fire, the firepower. And he explains a little bit later, you know, how it works. And you guys can get into that if you want to. But just my quick question is the that could be something that Yen could do if she wanted. Like, like obviously her big thing inside in, in the battle was that she used the fire and you're not supposed to, and it and it drained her chaos as far as we know right now. Now Rian said that when you're using the fire. You know, if you're strong enough, you can control it, but it eats away at your soul or something like that, he said. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the two of them, if they do get to have more of a confrontation, would be pretty damn interesting. Yeah, you're asking uh, you're asking dangerous questions because <laughs> th- the magic system is, is so crazy in the show. It's mm-hmm. so its own animal, like we were saying. Um, and yeah, that honestly uh, confuses me just to get into Rient's. He uses fire magic, but I don't understand why they would make him use fire magic when they make it such a taboo. I understand that because it's consuming his whole, it's making him, you know, a little crazy, maybe a little sane. I didn't understand how he said you can draw chaos from fire. Well, why do you draw chaos from fire to make fire? So it confuses me. My two absolute nothing even comes close to these two factors in the netflix show least favorite things about the netflix mm-hmm. witcher are first how they treat every witcher that's not Geralt or vesemir and I, paul you and kyle did a good job of kind of shitting on that a little bit in three and four mm-hmm. rightly rightfully so eskel sucked lambert trash like all of that is just i don't know who greenlit that stuff take that aside my second least favorite thing or tied with that is totally whatever they're doing with this fire magic because I thought it was fine with what they had Yennefer do. She touched the fire magic. She loses her powers. That's fine. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Now they're adding in this little, like, basically, if you're like kind of in touch with your darkness and you don't care about your soul, you can use the fire. It's stupid. I don't like it at all because it seems like it's his whole thing. Like, he only uses fire. Yeah. I don't like that at all. I- and it also kind of... I don't want anybody to be telling me like unless I'm misquoting him. I thought he said something about like if you're strong enough as like the first part of a sentence. And don't tell me Yen's not strong enough. Exactly. She's. (laughs) Um, I don't don't like that. Also, when it comes to Rian's man, totally Colonel Mustang for Full Metal Alchemist. I kept getting those vibes (laughs) like with them fingers with the gloves, man. Holy shit. I got those vibes right away. (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't even think about that. Neither did I. Luke, when you're talking about the Witchers other than Geralt, are you saying like because they're not getting any respect, the show's not giving them any respect or character? What like what what did you mean? In my that? head, all of the Witchers are basically like Geralt. They're not yeah. like these fucking just like they're assholes to people. Yeah, like, and, like they're right. They're supposed to be like Geralt and Vesemir, like just solemn, very rarely show emotions. They're not gonna fuck with Siri. Like, why would you yeah, yeah I don't like but, any yeah. of that. Okay. They take Siri in as like one of their own. They they train her and all this other stuff. They they care about her, but in in the show, they make all the witchers kind of like shit on them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's to like 
uh, isolate them from different humans, uh, like because they don't have feelings or something like that. But I mean, Tris, it, it, Tris basically talked about it and was like, dude, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. You guys would be an asshole to this girl. I'll stop talking about the last recording just because it's fresh in my mind. But the last thing I'll say is that I totally agree with what you were saying in episode three, Paul, that I hated the conversation that Lambert had with Geralt about killing Eskel. And when he's like blaming him, oh, like, you're, yeah. the one, you're the one that killed our brother. Like, what the fuck, dude? That was just poor writing. I yeah, don't if know, anything, I, I a witcher like should understand how that exactly. shit works. Yeah. And yeah, I, I pretty much took it like they're writing them as like just basic mercenaries that you see in like Game of Thrones or something where they're like, mm-hmm. give us our alcohol. Let's get hammered. We're, we're mean to everyone. And, and we just want to fight. Which yeah. you know obviously is not what they should they should be based on what we know about Geralt and Witchers. Mm-hmm. So to continue with this Rianne storyline, he learns that this woman that came down to talk to him, Lydia, isn't actually working for Nilfgaard. He also learns Calanthe is dead. The whole reason he was in there, he crossed her um, a while back, it seems. So now he is hired by this woman. He doesn't know who she is employed by, but. His goal is to find this girl who was last seen on the outskirts of Sodden. We go from there, cut back to episode five mm-hmm. of our boy Yaskier just singing. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. I was so happy. You know, we get Yaskier again because why not? He's an absolute man. I love the song so much. I was playing it earlier today. But <laughs> Dude, actually- how did they follow up Toss a Coin with the Witcher? This is such a freaking jam and they play yep. it twice. Yaskier, uh-huh. every time he's on the screen, it's just a smile is on my face. I know it's the best. And I asked Kyle, I said, Hey, I'll ask you guys too. Which song do you like better? And Kyle said, toss a coin. But I was like, yeah, toss a coin because it's iconic, but it was a close one. Super close. Yeah. Yeah, It's very close. I still go toss a coin, but (laughs) I can sing it more and it's just more catchy to me, but I like both of them. Dude. I love his hair too. I didn't get to say this because this is is my first pod with him being a character again. And he's just, Jim, if you didn't know, he's like one of the weird characters that they changed his name for some reason. It's mm. it's dandelion in the books, dandelion. Sometimes. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, so sometimes I, I mix them up, but just like Yasker, the actor, amazing. Kyle was talking shit on his hair last episode. So. Oh, Kyle. Kyle usually <laughs> likes long hair on men. Dude. Yeah, he said he wasn't feeling it. But I actually did after seeing this. I went back to episode five and rewatched that scene to see if Rance was there. And at the end of the performance, it does pan to the crowd clapping. And then there's this one dude in Rianz's jacket, just kind of like staring at the ground, not clapping and his hair's covering his face. And I was like, that's awesome. They do put it in there just in case. Um, Yeah. Before the reveal. Exactly. (laughs) So he ends up being the one that takes Yashgir and Yen. She is not on the boat anymore. She got off and it it says, you know, it's going, it's leaving the port. Um, Yen's like, fuck. She drops another F-bomb. I forgot. I need to keep the Yen F-bomb count going because <laughs> it is like 25 at this point. Dude, mm-hmm. she's so good at her delivery of it. It just sounds good coming out of her mouth. <laughs> and, they, and they knew that. Uh, we also see that old elf being strung up again. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, you got to show us that. But it was cool because it is very reminiscent of the books. Geralt will just come into a town and they'll just have a dead body hanging from like the trees right at the front gates and shit like that. It's it's just the world that they live in. It's just brutal. But we also get Yaskier. We find him tied up in the chair. And this uh, classic Yaskier just talk. He's he's in this dark room. And he's like, hey, if it was your wife, your mistress, 
Sorry, man. Like, I, <laughs> it, wasn't you got me. The, it wasn't me. I, you got the wrong guy. You're yeah. a crazy fan. Like, I don't talk about my work. And then, you know, he gets introduced to Rience and his fire snaps, Yeah, which I don't know how I didn't think of Mustang. I couldn't. Yeah, totally I can't even Mustang. write down all of the quotes that Yasker says that are so funny. So I just don't write any of them because everything he says is just hilarious. But yeah. honestly, the funniest part of this entire scene to me was after this whole torture begins, Yennefer walks in, she's acting all hammered. Yeah. I was freaking dying, dude. It literally made me think of Family Guy. Yeah. He <laughs> was like, I knew I'd find you here, you lazy lout. Left yeah. me at home to rot. And then just kisses him on the head and shit like that. Yes. I want her, that yet more often. Yennefer and Yasker have such a good back and forth. How he eventually ends up calling her. He's like, oh, he's giving her a hug and stuff. He's like, says something about like her having snakes in her feet in her yeah, shoes or whatever yeah. he says all yeah. these things to her and that's that's a really good representation of how they how their back and forth is in the books he's always saying like you're a fucking evil bitch and she's like fuck you and they just yeah. go back and forth but they help each other at the end of the day and yeah i was pretty badass she downs the liquor when Rian's you know pins her against the wall and uh just spits it in his face to give him the scar very that was awesome giving him the scar is in line with the books um mm-hmm. I can't believe they made Yen lose her powers. It's nuts. She'll get him back, dude. Don't yeah. you worry. I, I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> Next episode, maybe. Episode seven. Well, what do you guys think of that beautiful, beautiful lady of the night that we saw Yen talking to to try to get information on if you saw Oh, my God, down lady the of the night. Like the, a little. The, <laughs> the one who harlot. turns her in, too. Yeah, yeah. My she, gosh. Was, she was disgusting. She says something like, oh, like, if you want to twist it, mermaid, that's going to cost extra. And she's yeah. like, my knees aren't my as knee- good as they always <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my God. She will come into play later, as you guys know. Yen and Yaskier now are on the run. Yaskier's, you know, like, dude, excuse your magic again. Oh, wait, I forgot. You can't. You're useless now. And he's like, what the hell? You can't be a damsel in distress. I'm the damsel in distress. Yeah. The amount of times that Yen's had people tell her since she's lost her magic to use her magic. And she's like, sorry, bro. It's mm-hmm. and, and Yaskier is the only one who she ended up telling that she lost it. Right. Because. So. Yeah. Yeah. Besides the say. And Siri eventually. Right. Yeah. Uh, Siri at the very end of yeah. six. Yeah. Mm hmm. So they actually get chased again by a different group. They get split up. Yaskier has a line. He's like, many men have wanted to punch me in the face. Now's your chance. Come get some. (laughs) And runs away. What a good guy. And then Yen actually gets caught by this wonderful, wonderful lady that betrayed her and actually called guards in. Yen's all tied up. Yaskier ends up kind of finding her. He he sees the guards um, talking about this lady that they're trying to turn in and as he's looking through the window she disappears because she starts chanting the uh the deathless mother we actually i think we knew that was her name but we get it again mm-hmm. in the chant she says you know like deathless mother hut hut and teleports yeah and then that just takes us to back to the cabin and then we finally get the exchange conversation they're gonna have a trade where if she brings siri to her then the witch is gonna restore her powers right because the whole thing was Yen never actually agreed to a deal with the Deathless Mother. Like in mm-hmm. the beginning, the other two did, Francesca and Frangilla did. And when Yen is tied up right here, she has a line where the, the whispers are coming in saying, like, the other two, they're doing way better than you. One has power and one has hope. Like, they're getting their wishes. You're still fucked. Why don't you come 
say the words and make a deal with me and I'll tell you what to do. So she finally gives in after not giving in when she had to behead Kahir way back, she would <laughs> yeah. rather run away and be like a refugee than um, admit that she doesn't have powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's just such a complicated character. So I have a question. I guess this is, could be a little bit more for Jimmy is, was there a price already paid or will have to be paid by Fringilla and Francesca for getting what they want? Cause it seems like Yennefer has to pay a price if she wants to get her wish. Yeah, I'm wondering if the price is going to be something that has to do with their alliance being in line with what the what is it the deathless mother mm-hmm. wants from her goals, you know, maybe cuz they obviously are looking for Siri too. Well, Nilfgaard is. Mm-hmm. The fairies don't care, right? At this point, they don't have fairies. anything to do with Siri. Or I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> the elves, the elves, <laughs> the fairies, you killed them all. That was a cool. That was <laughs> yeah, actually that was cool. Awesome. The elves don't care right now about Siri, right? Only Nilfgaard does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're the only ones actively going for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing I could think of is that their alliance has something to do with what the Deathless Mother wants. And that's why it's not fully like a price. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know. I, because again, this character's made up, so it's total guesswork at this point. Yeah, yeah. And the last thing she says to Yen as Siri, you know, they're in the hut, and she says, All you have to do is deliver me to the right lock. You know, I'm the key. It is a shattered black door right outside Sintra. And speaking of that shattered black door, we get Istrid and Geralt. And what did you guys think of their interactions of Geralt coming in on the portal and Istrid like getting all standoffish? And uh, Geralt's just like, dude, I need a breath. I don't like morals. (laughs) I need a second, man. It was a good reaction. Like, that's how he should have acted. He's fucked with mages for so long. He knows like he just instantly puts up his blocker, which was cool. Shows that he's he's pretty adept with magic. I mean, if you see Geralt, like you fucking kidding me, this dude with white hair, cat eyes is coming at you. He's huge as shit. Yeah, not my wall, too. Yeah, I just think that their back and forth in general is awesome, especially a little bit later when they talk about Yen. He had the right reaction by putting up the shield and Geralt's just hilarious because he's he's just like, give, give me a second, man. Give me a second. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't care. He's like, he's not afraid of, of of any mages or anything. He's just like, I'm going to take a seat for a second. <laughs> Kyle had a really good point where he was like, out of all the episodes we've seen of him, that was without a doubt the most vulnerable looking he's ever yeah, been. I mean, it's true. <laughs> he did not have his wits about him, but and basically, he says he hates it too, right before he does it. Yeah, he's like, portals are no good, but he still does it. Geralt comes and says, Hey, you must be the mage. Trish sent me. She told me you are a monolith expert and I need your help. Why the hell is this monster coming out of a monolith? And he just drops it at his feet. That thing's nasty looking, and I would be pissed that he got its brains all over my clean floor. <laughs> So they actually go looking for the monolith uh, right outside of Sintra. Mm-hmm. I just, I just loved the little line where Istrid's saying, "Are you always this talkative?" Or you know, should I take it personally? Because Geralt just like <laughs> it's weird. Geralt is either nonstop talking, like in the books, all he does is have conversations, or he's just like a statue and just head on and doesn't say a word. Mm-hmm. If he's with his homies, he'll talk. But yeah. otherwise, he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna." <laughs> So we're right outside the center right now, is what you're saying, right? Right, right near yeah. the gap. And this is right as the Nilf Guardians are showing up. I think it's it's like four or five of them. And they fucked them up. And it was awesome yeah, to see do. Istrid using some battle magic too to actually help out and show he's he can hold some weight because the whole Istrid thing is like he's he's in one of the short stories, I think, Jimmy, from the books, and that's mm. it. Like he's just oh, like a okay. one-off thing. And their whole thing is they fight over over Yennefer. 
I think mm-hmm. like they okay. literally have, well, a, have like a lovers fight over like super early and then he's never really talked about again. I'm starting to, to like this character, especially in season two. I I was a little against him in season one, obviously, because he kind of he was turned her in, man. Yeah, exactly. Like he was yeah. fucking over Yennefer, but he seems like he's got a good head of his shoulders in the scene before in the library. He announces he's basically team elf. He's not. He doesn't care right. about Elfgard or Nilfgaard. Elfgard. <laughs> Elfgard. <laughs> That's, That's what it is. Right? That's what they should call yeah. it now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so he he's got a good head on his shoulders, and then in episode six, he's like knowledge seeking. So I like what Istrid's got going on. He's he's a much better character than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, he's definitely a really good, uh, interesting addition as well. Like you said, they didn't really have too much on him, but the way they integrated him into this story of the monoliths keeping to his you know researching um like archaeology history love is really cool and it's actually very helpful to have him to explain why all this is happening yeah like you said they got <laughs> confronted by the guards and Geralt is just sick of the shit walks up and knocks him out he's like yeah i know that that's the easiest way but then they do get to the giant monolith and Istrid's reaction is insane he's like this is a historical revelation mm-hmm. like the amount of energy to topple this thing and meanwhile Geralt's like i don't see any tracks or, or bones or anything like i need to go down there and istrid's like count me in i'm going down too this leads like, to like the biggest just info dump ever of like big picture shit yeah mm-hmm. and i actually really enjoy it like they start talking about the scars of the conjunction theorizing like what these monoliths actually were and it turns out they're basically like the eels from aratusa where they're going to be the conduits that kind of ca- it's all theory i guess but they kind of cause the conjunction of the spheres and in my head and tell me if this is what you guys are thinking too like is the conjunction of spheres basically just the mixture of like the multiverse of like four different worlds into this world and that each world is basically like monsters are coming from here dwarves mm. from here humans from here that's pretty much what it was right um, and like the the monoliths are acting as the conduits that's it's a little confusing still but that's pretty much where i'm at in the books i believe it was just a conjunction of the spheres and i think the show mr just said right here it's going their own way so mm-hmm. you know the monsters didn't exist on this plane before the conjunction so all species were separated on different spheres mm-hmm. until all the spheres joined together but that would require uh, a massive surge of energy and conduits to channel it. What if the monoliths were the points weren't the points of impact? They were actually the conduits to channel it. And these spheres, they never merged. They collided and then separated again. So Geralt comes up and says, okay, so you're saying the original spheres are still out there somewhere and our monoliths are calling to them. And then the monsters aren't new. They're right. just new to our world here, and they're mm-hmm. using the monolith as gateways. Damn. So, so the, this sounds like there was a mini conjunction where some of the worlds like Perma collided, but there are still the original spheres out there, and the monoliths are being used as gateways. All because our girl Siri knocked it over mm-hmm. because she screamed. It's insane. It's yeah. a it's a very cool take on it, I guess. It's a super unique fantasy concept that you don't, I am not familiar with it. And that's why this is one of the things that it separates the show from the books extremely. And I really, really like it. It seems like we're leaning into this because this is maybe the fifth time they've said the word conjunction this season. And I, mm-hmm. it seems like that they're going to, like, this is going to be the end game, I'm assuming, of the whole series. Feels like it has to be. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazy to think that you know there's other worlds out there and 
the series opening portals for them. That's insane. Istrid is like, okay, this is insane. How do you even know about this? Like, tell me how the monsters and the monoliths are linked. If you have information that can advance our civilization, I have the right to know. And I just thought that's insane because that is like world breaking at that point. Like, yeah, part of the discovery. brotherhood. So having yeah, I mean, him be caught him. up is important. Yeah. And he's a historian, too. So this is where they have the awkward conversation. Gerald says, why should I tell you so you can go help the elves? I know that's why you're not really here. And Istrid says, you know, OK, if, if I'm honest, I came here to find a woman, Yennefer. Of Yenna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know Yenna? And he goes, Yen. <laughs> Don't call her Yenna. <laughs> he did call, Ishid called Yen Yenna in episode three. And she he goes, did. Don't call me that. Don't yep. call me that. This is the awkward conversation. He goes, You know her. Yes, I did. Uh, me too. You loved her. Loved and never stopped loving. I thought after Sodden, after everything they did to her at Aratusa, she'd make our way, she'd make her way here. And Carol's like, Wait, after Sodden, Yen's alive? Finally, finally, he finally he finds out. Yep. You, you know, if you're hoping for more of a reaction from him, he's a witcher, so he's probably not going <laughs> to. He gave this, her a pretty good reaction when they actually did meet. First I, yeah, I, I liked it. I will yeah. talk about that soon, but yeah, that gets broken up by I think scene. It goes away, but comes back eventually, and then we have the new monster. Paul, do you have the name of him? Because I know he gets name dropped in episode six. Uh, Chernobog. Yeah, he pops out, and he looks awesome and you said this on episode three dude you could see how much money they spent on the monsters like how i think you did a perfect job of explaining the reasoning behind when the when the leshy that killed eskil popped up like they said fuck him we already spent the money on that let's bring this new guy and every single monster has looked so good so far it is great um this one was really cool it kind of we don't see it get formed, but we do hear Siri scream in a different scene. She yells for Geralt. Geralt actually hears this in the trench. Istrid does as well. And then we see fragments of the stellocyte from the monolith just start flying. And all of a sudden we see it looks like the stellocyte was like its wings and its back as well. Mm-hmm. This dragon looking thing just come in, fly off. He just looks great, especially when we get him next episode, just kind of flying around, like we get his view as well. It's I love how they are leaning into the monsters mm-hmm. more than maybe the books did. And we could pick back up at the end of that. Once we go through the Siri part, but I think another takeaway is that Istrid's going to go back and study the Royal line of Sintra. Right. But that, I think that's because of the whole, like doesn't Siri's voice pop up here because of Siri's storyline. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. While okay. she's going through her vision. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense to talk about yet. So I think we put a pin in that. Do you want to do Kahir and Fragilla real quick? Yeah, that's fine. The first actual scene we get of Kahir is he's having nightmares on a boat. And this is the boat that he was supposed to be on with Yen. Yen obviously didn't go. It's, it's full of elves and it's going to Sintra. He is having a nightmare of the monolith falling you know, in front of him, separating him from Siri. So you know, it's all connected. But when he does go onto the deck, he does see they get to Sintra and Fringilla, we get Fringilla looking out the window, seeing the boat come in. Her, Fryn and Fran, as I like to call them, they go down to meet him at the gate. She um, looks talking pregnant about, as fuck. Yeah. pop any day. They Wait, also talk so they, about they got the Sintra? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Sintra or Zintria. Yeah, okay, so it's their new name, right. Which is right. the Elvis pronunciation of it. They're talking about how they were getting less and less elf arrivals each day though um, because they are kind of being hunted by the north now so they go down to meet the ship and of course kahir is just 
being a piece of shit, trying to cut the line. Hmm. It's like, bro, you went through all this and now you're going to be a douche again. Like just wait in line, put, tell him your name and then uh, go up and see Frangilla. But of course he had to make a scene. He actually had the cool, uh, I am commander Mar different app. Kaliach. Who the <laughs> fuck are you? How was that pronunciation? Was that good? That was good, really dude. Good. And then Frangilla. Oh, okay. Here you're not dead. That's cool. Good to see you. Welcome back. So he is officially back with uh, Frangilla. We also real quick got Dara. Dara was in the line. Yeah. Last time we saw him, King Vizimir was sending him. King Vizimir and Dijkstra were sending him to be a spy. And why did they have him in the first place? Because uh, they had him in a cell, right? Yeah. You did, we didn't see it, but we assume he was just an elf that got wrangled up when okay. the North started to pr- imprison him. Didn't okay. he get separated from Siri in the Brokilon Forest back? Mm-hmm. They were in the Brokilon Forest, and then the doppelganger that was pre- pretending to be Malsak came. Yep. Yep. And then they left Brokilon Forest, and after that incident, Dar was like, everywhere you go, like you cause death, like I'm done following you. And then they separated. Okay. Really should have stayed with her, because yeah. she's fine, and he is now in a prison. Well, yeah. wasn't in prison. I don't have much let's... more to say just about the Kahir and Dara storyline. It's way more important than the next episode, but whatever else you guys have to say here. No, nah, that was just their uh, yeah, their reunion coming back together. Mm-hmm. But that does have a big impact going forward, like you said. Right, it does, yep. Just while we're here too, Jimmy, what is your opinion about Kahir as a character so far through these six episodes? We're talking about the Black Knight here? Yes. Okay, so obviously he was the villain in season one, and he breaks out with Yen and a lot of times that's usually where they give like the let's have a little nice little turn a comeback story and make him a good guy or something you know he has like an okay relationship with Yen but I like that even though we went through that whole thing yeah I guess he's kind of nice to Yen but he's still a douche you know he's still a bad dude I guess he's sympathetic right now with the elves but he wants to take back control. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think that he's still going to stay villainous. So the only thing I'll say on it is that Kahir, I'm a super victim of like his character in the books. This is one of the plot points. I think they're going to keep like his end game from the books. So I know they're going to go from where we are now to like point A to point B, his end game. And mm-hmm. I just don't like no, it. it gets oh, okay like i don't think they're gonna get there in a way that's gonna satisfy me so it's causing me to be like anti kahir mm-hmm. and i think i currently still am anti kahir even though i heard his actors just like one of the coolest dudes ever everyone on set loves him he's the freaking man he's a good actor and all that it's just the decisions they make i just feel like he's just full just i won't say much I, all i'll say is right now I'm i'm waiting to really give my judgment on him until i guess after the season I was having the exact same feelings you were, Luke, and I think you will feel a bit better at okay. the end of the season. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Good to hear. I love Kahir's character. So wait, are you caught up? He's so complicated. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've watched I, everything? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you can't you can't guiding. give any theories. It's just me and Luke. All right. Nah, you don't want to hear my theories. After we recorded episode two, he watched the next six. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you didn't have any Sorry. freaking money theories in episodes three and four then, dude. I was watching this whole time and I was like, what the fuck is happening? I have no <laughs> idea. This is its own story. I mean, I really liked how we're going to get to it. You know, when Siri has her soul, what is it? The soul quest, vision quest deal, whatever it is that that Tris puts her in. Don't laugh, bro. 
Don't want it. <laughs> vision Quest. Wait, what was it well, called? We're talking Winona Earp now when we say Vision <laughs> Quest. But <laughs> uh, sure, true. Okay. Or Blue Mountain um, State. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. And Family Guy and a lot of things. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, yeah, let's uh, jump into this storyline. Um, okay, then I'll talk about that then. Yeah, so we have Siri, Triss, um, and Vesmir. You can throw him in here. And Siri, the first shot we get of her is she's training on the pendulum again. What do you guys think of her and that whole training sequence? Love it. I think it's great. Just yeah. subtle character development for her Witcher skills because you don't know how much time passed and you got to assume a decent amount based on some random quotes that happen throughout here. <laughs> Listen, I am very, very, very blind when it comes to anything that's going to happen with this show. Like I said, I've only read a little bit of the books and Siri wasn't even involved. I have no idea where she's going, but I loved how in the promos for this season, it's showing her with the swords and, and ready to fight and being a badass. And as soon as she said, like, I want to train, I was like, all right, I was going to say the typical character. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying typical, but the typical badass female character that is like a child, but she's going to freaking turn into this major badass. And she wants to train with with Gerald and, and the rest of the witchers. And honestly, to your point, Luke, with the other witchers not being great, the only thing that they are good at is these training scenes with her, even though they're mm-hmm. being assholes. It's more so like the. You're you're one of us. You're gonna take in. You're gonna take our jests while we tell you you're you're weak. You know, so keep going. And then they're they're all impressed when she actually goes through the cha- training sequences and everything. But yeah, I loved all the training sequences. And to flash forward for a second, we're gonna get there. But I had no idea if it was gonna go through with it with the whole turn her into a witcher thing. I didn't think so. But I had, I'm just blind when it comes to Siri. I have no idea really what's mm-hmm. coming next for her. To me, Siri just seems like Arya Stark if she yeah. was the chosen one. Yeah, exactly. Like every story. And Arya Stark was my favorite Game of Thrones character. Oh, That's yeah. why these little moments showing her train and get better and become more of a savage, like they're so good for me. And that's why episode, I think it was episode three is when she really started training, was so awesome. And her actor, Frey Allen, has been absolutely killing it this season. I love her. I think when I think of Siri, I like I picture her now. Yep. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. killing it. Now, in the books, how old is she actually supposed to be? Because I know that they're calling her like child and stuff in the show, and she's 20 in real life. But is she I supposed think, to be like how Game of Thrones is, and she's supposed to be like a kid in the books, like a kid kid? Or I think, I think, when, I think more time passes, so it's hard okay. to guess. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, when, when Geralt and Siri first meet, I think she's like 13, like 14. But, I mean, when she's at training care more and stuff like that, I think she gets up to like 15, 16. It is working out well. Luke, you said this before, at what age they did get Freya Allen. She did look a little bit younger, and she is kind of aging up as uh, as the seasons go on. They exactly definitely she like looked, Maisie Williams. Exactly. Yeah, she like definitely it. looked way younger in season one. Yeah. 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 Apparently it was the eyebrows. I didn't know that, but they dyed her eyebrows. Oh, really? Emily pointed it out. That's the only reason. And I was like, of course, I would have never seen that in a million years. Yeah. I mean, we obviously didn't cover season one on the pod. And I'm just saying this now because it would have been noticed in season one. But I just love the contact lenses for the different characters with different eye colors and stuff. All of them. Vesemir, yeah. Siri, yep. Geralt. Yennefer I mean, Yen just does it for me with the purple. Yeah, that's what Daenerys <laughs> should have been wearing. Exactly those. Mm. Is it, wasn't it Danny that said uh, Amelia Clark was supposed to and she can't do contacts or something? A hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Weak. Geralt, Geralt or Henry almost went blind and, and yeah. Daenerys is freaking out. Whatever. Yeah. 
So this uh, this whole few beginning scenes of this trio that we get is Vesemir talking to Triss, bringing you up the elder blood again. You know, he just discovered Siri. You know, wherever she spills her blood, this feignweed is blooming. Mm-hmm. Therefore, she must have elder blood in her. And that is a key ingredient to creating more witchers. So he, they're kind of having this moral dilemma. Should we go through with it? Should we not? Vesemir actually gets Siri and brings her kind of to a little uh, history museum and saying, you know, when the conjunction happened, all spheres of beasts collided, mages weaponized monsters and tried to conquer the lands with them. Fucking idiots. The monsters mm-hmm. destroyed everything. And then 300 years ago, mages weaponized man, mutated them with elixirs, made them faster, stronger, brutal enough to kill the beasts. Witchers saved humanity from extinction. But do you know why there are fewer and fewer of us? Because we can't make more witchers. Mm-hmm. Tells her about Feinweed and what it is. And then Siri actually puts it together by herself. Oh, shit. I have elder blood, but my grandmother hated elves. And Vesemir's like, hey, sometimes what we hate most is something we can't change about ourselves. Right. And that was part of the conversation, like at the very beginning of that stuff, is when Vesemir has that like tiny line that says he and all the witchers are impressed with their growth. And that implies time passage. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yes. I, that was nice. You know, mm-hmm. she comes in and after training hard and Vesemir's like, hey, I thought you were going to be like a snot nosed brat of a princess. Mm-hmm. And you are. And you but are. Like, yeah. But you also are impressing us out there. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's nice. This is the Karen Warren that I wanted Sierra to have from the beginning. Like a, she has very fond memories of the place and she feels like a family. Yeah. Because the other witchers aren't in the scenes. Exactly. That leads, that leads Vesemir to eventually telling Siri. I don't know if it's Vesemir or Tris, but, that, you know, like she is down to help create more witchers on the one condition that they tested on her first. And I was like shocked that that was like how the dialogue went. And I was all fucking about it. I wanted them (laughs) to give her the stuff so freaking badly. And initially Vesemir chimes back saying like, no, I can't do it. You're, you're basically Geralt's child. Like he'll kill me. But then she walks away from the scene saying like, I'm freaking doing it. Yeah. And he says, you know, I had a million kids, boys here, and not many of them made it. This is where pain exists and people die, and I can't let you die. You're Geralt's daughter. Siri has a nice line at the end of this when she's saying, come on, please, I'm meant for this. She says, all of those boys suffering would have been for nothing when you guys die out. Like, come on. And she's getting investment in your head a little bit. Eventually, we get a scene of just her filling up a vial of her blood. They just kind of agree to it. Trish is on board. Let's not, let's not ask Geralt, her guardian, her dad. That's okay. That's what I was going to say. Like I, if I was Geralt, I would have been way more pissed at Vesemir that he was letting this happen without Geralt being involved. But absolutely. We see them do the potion. Trish actually, you know, does a little bit of concocting with some leaves and some ingredients. We find out it works. Um, We see them like pouring the blood in there too. There's a lot of blood. (laughs) <laughs> and Sears like, okay, right, just give me give me one second to get ready. So Trish is like, get ready for what? <laughs> yeah, Trish has like, no idea. Oh yeah, by the way, she wants to be the first one. This leads to the whole vision quest that you vision were talking quest about. Gives him a couple shrooms and yeah, it's actually called Go to Mars, dude. <laughs> Let's go to Mars, dude. Is that when they're trying to eat the pig? It's yeah. Bill Clinton. Yeah, and, and totally eat that pig, man. Dude. <laughs> So the vision quest that you're talking about is called Dalduza 
or something mm, like that. That's okay. what Trish says. Valley of the Soul doesn't matter. They go in, and basically what happens is they enter the deepest layer of series unconsciousness. And by doing this, they can find things that may have been hidden, can find genetic memories that tell the story of who you really are. Oh, it's not dangerous. It's not dangerous. It just requires us to trust each other. So, you know, it's super dangerous. And some yeah, super, right. <laughs> super dangerous. Something bad is going to happen. Uh, yeah, it's exactly what it is. They are seeing kind of everybody that she has cared about in her past. She sees Dara, Kalanthi. She actually ends up seeing Kahir, too. And Tris tells her, oh, don't worry. Nothing can hurt you here. All of this is, you know, just you. And then she ends up seeing Pavetta, her mother, as you were saying, who actually speaks to Siri. Mm-hmm. And this is when Trish is like, wait, you can see us? Like, that's not how this is supposed to work at all. Right. And then everybody in her subconscious, like, starts looking at her. And Trish is like, this isn't how it's supposed to go at all. When I was going to say when we were talking about the Black Knight and you're asking my opinion of him, I just took it from this vision quest that him being the complete enemy to Siri, you know, and him doing the shaky thing that happens to only the certain people that are part of the vision quest that really matter. I just think that he's straight villain like it tells it's telling you that if she's our girl, then he's going to be the villain, one of the big villains. Okay. We see Siri's father, Dooney, and mother, Pavetta, holding a baby, Cirilla. This is the night that they die because they talk about getting on a boat and fleeing. When Siri vocalizes that, Pavetta snaps her head and looks up again. There was a little crackle in the fire behind it, and a little, little ashes went up. I like that little effect. Thought I'd put that out. Trish is like, all right, we need to go because this is insane that everything is happening. They end up following a bright light, a very <laughs> ominous voice. They just follow it i don't know why but they do and they end up seeing a bloody elf holding a baby mm-hmm. and it looks like everything around her is just completely ravaged and Did i you like guys catch what she, what she was saying and what siri said i know she drops the name of book two in this part she where she says time of contempt and if for anyone listening that's read the books when i say book two i mean the second book in the plot lines here i i've been saying the book numbers wrong, I guess, technically, because the prequel books are technically book one and two, and I don't count them. I count Elder Blood as book one and Time of Contempt as book two. So, like, this is kind of book two stuff here, where we're getting prophetic prophecies, <laughs> for right, yeah, better word, <laughs> just talking about like what's going to happen. And then you also see the wild hunt in the sky happening, like all this chaos and destructions going on. It seems like kind of Armageddon. And I think. She at this at, while this is going on, isn't the elf holding yeah. Triss by her fucking neck right there? Eyes too? rolling. Yeah. First of all, what the fuck was Triss doing trying to heal yeah. somebody like, in um, self conscious? Triss is literally the one who said they're not real, they can't hurt you, they, they don't mean anything. And then she goes to help heal the elf. Yeah, it was just weird that she goes after, and I knew that as soon as she went near her, because every other big part, the person whether it's the mom or the grandma or whatever looks over at Siri and, and, you know, she's saying, Trish is saying, this isn't how it's supposed to be. I knew the elf was going to do something crazy. She grabs her by the throat. Eyes are rolling. Obviously Siri's eyes are starting to roll too while she's, while the prophecy is being said. So it was some crazy shit. Yeah. Child of elder blood, child of wrath. The time of contempt is nigh. The world will die amongst frost and will be reborn. Reborn of elder blood of the seed that has been sown, a seed that will not sprout or burst into flame. 
just gonna drop two book titles right in that quote jesus <laughs> yeah they're just what the hell does that mean like hearing that for the first time jimmy what'd you take away from that well what i can say <laughs> is that i took away the next scene where they come out of the the vision quest and trish just loses her shit man yeah. and and obviously there's like two sides to this in my head my one viewpoint was like tris you're supposed to be like her girl you put her through this you see what you see i get it it looks like a prophecy and it looks real but i feel like you should more so be trying to comfort siri and see if there's anything you can do about it than freaking out and telling her you know you are going to destroy the entire world you would think siri would freak out more than tris did but siri kind of just got up and walked away from it i know that mages are big on you know, and obviously the Witcher world are big on like the prophecies and believing that kind of stuff. But I thought Triss's ridiculous reaction mm -hmm. was, you know, a little bit, a little bit much when you're doing it right towards Siri. I mean, you can hold it in and go talk to Vesemir about it or something. Don't <laughs> throw it all at this little girl. Like she does at the end of episode six, right? Yeah, like don't throw it at this freaking little girl and say, you know, you're a piece of shit. Basically, like, I, it was, I, I it was totally a agree. sloppy. Yeah, I yeah. have. I hated Trisha's reaction written yeah. in big bold letters because, like, she starts screaming at her, saying, "You're going to destroy yeah. us all. It's your fault." She was like, "What did I do? I didn't do yeah. anything." So yeah, she runs out. She goes right to Vesemir. She's like, "I want it done right now." It's like six needles. I did not know that it was going to be like six separate needles. I saw in. that and I was like, "What the hell? Where are those needles going?" <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Only Dude, so many can go into straight into certain rates. veins. Yeah, I right? thought they were doing it. I thought it was happening. Uh, I was like, so I. I was like, I know this doesn't happen in the books, but let's fucking go. I wanted this change so badly. And then, of course, Geralt shows up at the last second. That's going on through where Geralt and um, Istrid are, you know, ha just seeing the Geralt, 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 because when shit's starting to hit the fan in the vision. In the mm -hmm. vision, yeah. When shit's starting to hit the fan in the vision, Siri starts yelling for Geralt, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's and then what... he can hear it through, you know, what's going on in the monolith. And then he goes to history, says, we need a portal right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he that's when he stops. shows back up to yeah, Siri, Siri yeah. before she gets poked by Vesemir. And that's where Istra's pretty like pretty much like. Who's yelling your name and who is this chick? I need yeah. to know. I need some answers here, man. <laughs> He's like, it's just nope. rational. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I thought they were going to do it, too. To be honest, I thought they did actually give Siri the potion in uh, the books and that it like made her have a crazy reaction. I could be mixing the up with something else, but I swear I thought she actually did go through child of the grasses. Uh, you might, you might be right. Honestly, I just didn't remember her. She doesn't get through the full transformation and shit, right? Like she doesn't have like, no, vision. no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody leave a comment and correct us because I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked how Geralt had the line series saying, I want to protect myself. I want to be like you, you know, indifferent to the past, to the lies, to the things I've done. Geralt, Henry Cavill, dreamy eyes, McGee. So <laughs> nice. That is not how it works. Neither you nor I can just forget who we are. We can't kill our feelings. Our best chance is to kill the hatred that we may hold on to and move on. And as he says this, the camera uh, shoots to Vesemir real quick. And it looks like he took it pretty hard as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he has and a lot of hatred. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it the Witcher training that makes them able to like not 
to like control their feelings and not feel feelings and, and only do what they need to do? Or is it actually the potion that removes quote unquote their feelings? Like, cause Siri's saying like, I want to get rid of my past. I want to stop caring about it. It's like, I mean, if you really want to, let's put you through that witcher training. It's not the potion that does that unless I'm wrong. It's, it's kind of a combination of everything I would say. Don't some of the trials, like they give them the potion that make them do something. And like, that's part of the trial. So it's kind of a combination of both. I don't really remember. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look this up. I, I know I have them, but there I, are a, f- a few different trials, and one of them's the grasses, and that's the one that change your eyes. But there's another one that would change your is the ability to give you all the reflexes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They don't get that that into it in the books, and honestly, the Nightmare of the Wolf prequel animated series does even a little bit more than the books do in terms of sh- explicitly showing you the trials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't they don't show everything either. It's see it's kind of if, like a mystique thing going on. I'm wondering if Blood Origin will show us if it's gonna be the first Witchers. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So for this Witcher universe, because I can't speak for the book's uncertainty, but for this uh universe we have the trial of the grasses, which is the potion of various alchemical ingredients, which affects their nervous system, AKA their enhanced reflexes. And then we have the trial of dreams, which is, you know, they'll give the mutation of the eyes and the bone marrow and the hormones. And that's what makes them, you know, infertile. And then you have the trial of the mountains, which is, you know, the trail that we see them running through. But yeah, uh, Vesemir looked like he really took that to heart. And Geralt just does the rest of series straps and lets her go and looks at, Vesemir with a, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed look. Yeah. He walks away. And that's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, we got Istrid kind of going to his library, um, see that he was pulling out the Sintrin line. I think we might have already said that. Um, mm-hmm. Apologizes to King Rocknir. That's just a cool Sintrin King bringing up. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it for episode five. Um, that's going to do it for us. If you guys like what you heard, our podcast also covers Wheel of Time, Dexter, Midnight Mass, Rick and Morty, all different kinds of shows. But most importantly, a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you want to toss a coin to your binge town, <laughs> we, have a pa- we have a Patreon up where you can become a binge town homie. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Or the easiest way to do all that is check us out on our website, bingetowntv.com. We're so excited to cover The Witcher, and we're so happy to have you here along with us. So from everyone at Binge Town, thank you so much for listening.